Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hi everyone, you're listening to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM or 3CR Digital Radio. I'm Steph and today in the studio we've got Rachel from the Brainwaves team and Kelly from the show Ruminations on 3CR who I'd like to thank for jumping in last minute to help out. We really appreciate it. Uh, Today uh, we're going to be speaking with Alicia Ankatel from the Body Love Collective. Alicia is a mental health worker, facilitator and body love babe. Uh, She does amazing work with the Body Love Collective um, with people around body image, self-love and well-being. In her work, Alicia draws on her own lived mental health experiences as well as her education in psychology and community development, which is grounded in research. Um, So just to start off, could you tell us a little bit about your own personal experiences with mental health and eating disorders and how um, this began for you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. I, about six years ago, I started to experience a whole heap of different physical and mental health symptoms and a whole heap of weight gain as well. And it was kind of my big like wake up moment. And what that showed me as well is that not only had I like developed like quite severe anxiety and depression at that time, but also before that moment, I was living with Um, like anxiety and depression under the surface plus body dysmorphic disorder quite seriously and also um, like a range of other like issues around um, like orthorexia and obsession with exercise and obsession with like making my meals a certain way and dieting and all of that sort of stuff. So that came to the surface when my physical health issues emerged and I developed autoimmune symptoms and I was in pain all the time and um, really, really struggling on a day-to-day basis and in particular with like brain fog. Um, brain fog was one of my like least favorite symptoms to experience because it was like I was living under a cloud and like lacking um, the ability to have the energy to even like change my thoughts or change my world or any of the things that people recommend that you do. So it was a really... Um, quite terrible time but what happened on that journey was a whole heap of clarity I went and saw like various different mental health and physical health practitioners and like really fought to get my health back and my mental health back and on that journey I picked up some like really valuable things and realized that there's not much out there in for the average woman to support around like body image, self-worth and like overall well-being. And so that's sort of where at the end of like, not that the healing journey is ever over. And I still do experience various physical health issues around the autoimmune disease kind of category. And then like sometimes my anxiety spikes up and sometimes I have little depressive 
episodes, but overall I'm in a much, much better place. And it is as a result of these tools that I kind of picked up in some weird places as well, like in the spiritual community and in like more Eastern um, like methodologies. So yeah, I realized, Ooh, like there's a whole heap of stuff that like people aren't necessarily using. Um, and that is really, really valuable. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Mm. And thank you for sharing that. And it's really great to kind of hear how, you know, what sounds like a really challenging experience, mm. ha- like brought you to a place that, you know, is helping other yep. people who may be experiencing similar things. Um, could you share a little bit more about some of those valuable tools that you mm. came across on that journey? Yeah, it was a lot to do with, um, we were talking about this before we went on the air, about a embodiment and like getting into my body and feeling a deep connection with myself. And I'd never even heard of that. And um, it's, it's quite a buzzword, but what it really means is to like feel the sensation of being in your body, like, as opposed to just being like, I'm a person and I've kind of got this body and like, sometimes maybe I get a headache or whatever else, like to actually be in touch with the sensations and the feelings and emotions that are in our system at all times, because we're actually primarily feeling beings. So, um, embodiment exercises like movement like movement to music where I learned how to like let my body move me to music based on my feelings rather than like moving my body to music and then also like the ones that you guys would know about like mindfulness and like guided meditations that get you to pay attention to the tips of your toes and like allow like like imagine things like light moving from the tips of your fingers all the way up your arms and those sorts of practices they're super valuable and like that feeling of being in my body connected me with stuff like my gut instinct and my intuition and made things a lot clearer in terms of my decision making or knowing where I whether I was in like a place that I really shouldn't be and knowing like to just be like, okay, I need to leave this place. This doesn't feel good or knowing where my body needs rest before I get hit by a wall of sickness and being able to be in tune and call it before it actually happens. And like be in a bit more of a symbiotic relationship with the messages that my body's sending me at all times. So yeah, embodiment was one and like other stuff like around the theme of self-connection. So journaling and like doing therapy, like getting deep into the inquiry around like the patterning that for me that I had that didn't serve me. Like a really, I had a really highly active people pleaser. And I know that like so many of us like resonate with that. Yeah. (laughs) And like I didn't really, I wasn't very good at saying no or setting boundaries and learning those kinds of things has allowed me to take care of myself better. Mm. And then when I take care of myself better, I give my body more opportunity to be the best that it can be, no matter what health issue might be or mental health issue might be in Mm. my system. If I like treat myself like an individual Mm. and take care of myself like, I have like specific and special needs that I need to attend to, like whether or not other people have those same needs, it doesn't matter. And I have the right to attend to those needs. And when I do stuff just works, like I have decreased anxiety, decreased physical health symptoms. Like I eat well, I move my body. Like I take care of myself better when I'm in tune. Yeah. 
I really yeah. like I I really resonate with that kind of um the connection between like like embodiment feeling in your body and feeling connected to yourself mm. and how that is in your body yeah. yeah like that that's huge and that I think mm. it sounds simple but it's really like I know for me it, that is like something that I'm only now kind of learning mm. and you know the way that we operate in the world a lot of the time I kind of I feel like a lot of people you know we are not taught to live in our bodies in that way so that's like really that's amazing amazing kind of learning that um yeah learning that that's great um yeah we don't get taught it at all mm. and like well some people do but Mm. like on average we're not taught how to do that and we're not really taught what to do with big feelings either um or like what to do when a physical health symptom pops up like the common the common teaching is have you have, you've got a headache take a painkiller get through like push keep mm. going keep going mm. and often and in my case i pushed and pushed and pushed and achieved and achieved and achieved until i broke mm. and that happens to so many people and like the the whole thing of like listening to my individual system and knowing that there are other options other than take a painkiller and get over it and keep going is and even the similar reflection on mental health as well instead of like just sucking it up and moving on like taking the time to actually feel my feelings Mm. and honor the fact that they're coming up for a reason and like adjusting things in my life to support that Mm. yeah it's Mm. it's not taught and Mm. that's part of my like deep passion of of running this business and sharing these workshops is that it's so like it's such a critical life skill Mm. this self-connection thing and we don't get taught it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's mm. huge. Mm. Um, I wanted to, you, you know, when you were talking about that um, that patterning that you kind of worked through, um, you being like a, a people pleaser mm. or that kind of thing, how did that kind of, how do you feel like that held you back? Or how, mm. how did you experience that self-doubt and how mm. did you mo- move through it? I know you've kind of touched on that, but yeah. you could elaborate a little In bit. In particular with the people pleaser, it's quite fascinating how, um, how many, in retrospect, if mm. I look back over the last, say, 15 years, I'm mm. 30 now, and if I look back t- since I was 15 mm. and notice how many of my decisions were impacted by my need to subscribe to social stereotypes in some way, shape or form, whether it was like health standards, body standards, beauty standards, or things like what's a good career to have, um, what will make me look good, mm. what will give me like the most esteem. And I know for me, like, like I, I, I love that I studied psychology and it gifted me so much. But like if I had my time again, maybe I would have studied a different version of mental health practitionership because it would have been more aligned with my personality and what my natural instincts and skills are as opposed to that that way of going down a path that I feel like a lot of my decisions were w- what's going to make me look the best to the outside world. And even with my friendships, I would like not say no when things didn't feel good and then resentment would build and I'd have like really dramatic relationships with with people because I didn't say no, I didn't set boundaries, I didn't teach people how to treat me mm-hmm. and I, that's another thing we talk about in yeah. in this work is like we can't just expect people to be mind readers and know exactly how to treat us. Our boundaries are, are critical because we show people how we want to be treated mm. and we show people the 
the manual for how to treat us. Mm. And, um, yeah, I didn't have any of that. So mm. it was it was like it was a fun time. Yeah, <laughs> lots of learning. <laughs> um, I like I guess something that we haven't really like talked about yet is mm. this idea of, you know, gender and mm. body image mm. mm-hmm. and connect being connected to your body. Yeah. How do you think, though, that relates like a, you know, we, there are lots of statistics that show that women, most women report mm. feeling negative about their bodies. Um, you know, where do you think this comes from? Why do you think this is such a huge yeah. kind of issue? I think it's it's like so there's so many um, reasons for the, the like why women are impacted. Sorry, I was just getting distracted by like <laughs> things in the room. <laughs> So there's so many reasons why women are impacted and a lot of it is around societal stereotypes that are aimed more at women, which is not to say that men are not impacted. It's some of the body image issues that men experience are slightly different and absolutely the LGBTIQ population mm-hmm. is dramatically affected by body image issues and the reason I don't speak of those two sets or any mm-hmm. other subset mm-hmm. of population is because I am a, a female identifying human Mm -hmm. and I speak from that lens Mm -hmm. and I don't claim to have an expertise Mm -hmm. in any of that other world but Mm -hmm. what I would say is that our media and the things that we are exposed to from a young age in terms of like girls and good girls and good girl patterning and then even like what a like a healthy skinny sexy body is um it and those words do go together in terms of the societal stereotype and they shouldn't um we like even culturally there's like a certain skin color that's the best and there's um you know like at the societal body standards are like constant throughout time and um it's interesting as well to like look back at like from the 20s till now what was what was fashionable in terms of beauty and body standards and how it shifted and how like in the 20s there was a particular body type and then in mm-hmm. the 60s it's like the Marilyn Monroe type vibe in the 90s it was like the skinnier you could possibly get the better and now it's like let's get these bubble butts like the Kardashians mm-hmm. and or maybe even like have like muscly arms mm-hmm. and like it's it's ridiculous we're supposed to change our bodies every 10 years maybe even faster mm-hmm. so um yeah the media is like and like hundreds and hundreds of years of stereotypes around particularly women and what they should be doing mm. um, is definitely contributing to it. And like, yeah, I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Like, there's like five more different reasons. <laughs> no, it's like it's huge and yeah. it's a huge – it's a social issue that is like yeah. really important to continue yeah. discussing. We talk about it all the time, but to keep this discussion going yes. is important. Just continuing on um, with our conversation, would you do you think that it's common for women to have experienced negative comments or abuse about their appearance? Yeah, a, like a little bit. Um, it's 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 very common in high school in terms of um, you know the competitive rivalry, like what what is societally considered with beauty. But then I think what happens is in adult life, we often put those standards onto ourselves and we have perceptions that people are going to think certain things or say certain things about our body that they may or may not be thinking or saying. Um, I know that I haven't had a single comment about my body size. Like I'm a plus size woman and at no point 
point has anyone ever said anything to me. I That doesn't mean that I speak for everybody and I know that people do like have those sorts of things happen. But the amount of times that I would perceive that someone was judging me um, was far outweighed any form of um, like issue that I received at, at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite like that's a fascinating one actually because I think – um, we can often enforce these standards on ourselves and the self-judgment can be far louder than um, what might be coming at us from others. And it's really important to notice if someone is to make a comment about our bodies or a comment about us in general, it is far more about them than it is about us at all times. Like unless it's a genuine piece of feedback around something that we might have done to hurt them. But like in general, in terms of body comments or any kind of like discrimination based slurs, it's about them. It's about how they see the world and they need to check that, not us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what role do you think that the diet industry plays in the issue of, you know, body dysmorphia? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> A big one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, it's really interesting because you, like health standards societal health standards is a real significant point of contention particularly in the body positivity movement i know recently gillette released an ad and there was a like a plus size babe representing um their female line of razors and i like there was a furor it was absolute bedlam out there in the media of like how dare they be promoting obesity and um, what? Yeah, it's it's full on, and it's it's really interesting that um, we've got a health a standard for health that is directly correlated with how a body looks, and it is just simply untrue. Um, and I'm like very much involved in the health at every size movement and the non-diet approach and intuitive eating community. And I highly recommend listeners who are like, what is she talking about? Like Googling those things because they're really valuable and they debunk a lot of things. Even, um, on Instagram, there's an account called at holy healed as in W H O L L Y healed. And she was talking today about the concept of sugar being like a bad food, being addictive. And she pulled apart the research article. And it turns out that these rats in this study were given liquid sugar after a significant period of fasting. And they only measured the addictiveness of sugar based on this really set up condition. So it actually, then there were more research articles done after that that disproved what this what this article um, showed and but out in the common literature in the health community sugar's addictive watch out and that's not to say that sugar doesn't have inflammatory effects on the body and, and this woman that I followed Jess she spoke about that too but it doesn't mean that like we should never be touching anything mm-hmm. that sugar and like berate ourselves if we do and there's just such a lot of misinformation out there and the other thing to consider is the diet industry benefits from people subscribing to things like um isogenics or um, Weight Watchers or all of that sort of stuff or gym memberships where they don't even go because they feel that they should be a certain size or like there's just so much in that industry that benefits from us feeling unworthy and Mm. not enough with our current body um, that it's like it makes me really, really upset. (laughs) And there's this interesting like, I mean, the diet industry or like the health industry, which Mm. I mean, health, that's like 
contentious yeah, in that so in that context yeah. um like yeah like positions themselves as this like objective scientific like research body yeah. and it's like you're right they're coming from a mm. they have a vested interest yeah. and like yeah oh it's mm. just like insane and also like what you said about like what you were talking about earlier it's just it ties in with this idea of health isn't like your mind and your body are not separate. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We have a, an embodied experience of health. So yeah. like something like, you know, being perfectionistic or being just like having these strict ideas of what's healthy and unhealthy doesn't make sense because mm. then that can feed into like thinking about food in an unhealthy way, yes. which is unhealthy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Rant over, yeah, the, but... <laughs> level, the level of stress that is put on the body from yeah. eating disordered thoughts and behaviours mm-hmm. is like much more um, than some of the food choices that people berate themselves for in the first place. So it's yeah. like, it's quite fascinating that we often view health as something that comes with a particular body type, like, oh, that person's healthy, I can see it. But actually, like, some of the slim, slimmest people I know, or like health, like the stereotypically healthy-bodied people, they're suffering from invisible chronic illnesses, or maybe they're not, but we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, my measure of health in my body is going to be different to yours, or yours. And like, it's really important to see health through a more individual basis and find what health is for us in our bodies at any given time as well. Because like, let's say we're pregnant. And we, and we have gestational diabetes for the time we're pregnant, we might have to just modify what we're doing for a little piece of time, but then our body, you know, bounces back and then we're, we don't suffer from diabetes anymore. And so we do something differently. And so health is not um, something that stays static and it's individual. And we're told the opposite from the very moment that we come out of <laughs> I'm just hearing what yeah. you're saying. I'm yeah. like vigorously so nodding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. so interesting because it just depends on the person. Like with some people, how healthy they feel is more mm. important than how healthy they, you know, they look to other yes. people or to themselves, like how they view themselves. Yeah. But it's just so interesting how society has instilled these thoughts in our mm. mind of how we're supposed to view our own health. Yeah. I feel like I'm such a great example of that because before I was like a size eight or 10, um, before I became unwell and now I'm a size 18 and I have less blood test abnormality. Like I have zero blood test abnormalities. I like suffered from such severe migraines back then due to the level of malnourishment that I was putting myself under. I was taking eight Nurofen plus a day. And like, I mm. can't believe I just admitted that on the radio, but like <laughs> that's two more than, than you're um, supposed to, to take yeah. in a day. But, and I was doing that to get through because of that push, push, push mindset. And there was so many digestive issues that I was dealing with so many um you know mental health issues that I was dealing with and to look at me you would have been like she's like a stereotypically healthy person whereas now I am a plus size woman but I am the healthiest and mentally healthiest that I've been in my adult life so it's like it's really fascinating we just simply can't tell Mm. by looking at people yeah now at the body love um collective you run six weeks courses on body image and self-esteem can you just tell us a little bit more about how these courses work and what what's involved generally they run on sunday afternoons for six weeks in a row and it's like the most fun i have in my life um (laughs) and and the babes that come also have fun (laughs) 
<laughs> we do stuff on um, all of the things we've discussed. Basically, we start so self connection is the foundation for body love and self love. So the whole course runs under that premise. We do like art therapy, we do mindfulness, we do embodiment and movement. There's a photo shoot, and like um, anyone who's watching, uh, listening, uh, watching, listening to this <laughs> should check out my Instagram over the coming week because I'm about to release the photos from this recent course and part of the benefit of the photo shoot is the women get an opportunity to be opportunity to be seen in their natural beauty because wow. our natural individual beauty is actually true beauty it's not what society says is beautiful and these women like this photo shoot experience it makes me cry and laugh and scream all at the same time every time and it's just like I guess the way I describe the course overall is this real opportunity to connect with who you really are at your core and then walk through life with that. And it's the inner work that creates this outer satisfaction. So the best well-being and health that we can have for our individual body, we gain by listening to ourselves. And the best, like the way, like I look at myself in the mirror and I love what I see because I've done the inner work to connect with myself. So yeah, it's the inner work for the outer work and all about body love, self-love and well-being. And I should have... Um, also like a one day event launched over the next week too so um that'll be like just one day in the northern suburbs of melbourne somewhere and like people can come and like learn about how to meet their needs and feel their feelings and set some boundaries and like it's super fun that yeah. sounds incredible <laughs> yeah. uh, we are like running out of time unfortunately yeah. <laughs> I feel like we could talk for another half an hour easily totally. um but just before we go could you what, what's your instagram details yeah. your website how can people contact you if they want to get involved cool. in any of those amazing uh workshops awesome so my instagram is at the body love underscore co and then the website's www.thebodylovecollective.com. And I also can be found on Instagram under my personal Insta, which is at this is E-L-Y, uh, at underscore, sorry. This is E-L-Y-S-I-A, Alicia. And yeah, um, yeah, all of those channels are good. I like blast um, my events and things from all of them. <laughs> at any time well thank, thank you guys thank you, thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today alicia um yeah it's been great to talk so about everything fun. it's been a real pleasure um you're listening to brainwaves on 3cr 855 am or 3cr digital radio uh stay tuned for an episode of renegade economists after this you've been listening to a 3cr podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3cr in melbourne australia for more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.